Well, I'm excited. We launched out into a brand new series last week. How many were here last week for The Price is Right? We had a lot of fun, but we realized the price and the, the value on salvation and the price that we have to pay as well. Well, we continue in that thought today, but I'm not going to be the one preaching. I'm ex Oh, somebody's happy that I'm not preaching. That's all right. I'm happy myself. That's all good. That's probably one of my kids that clapped right there. It was. It's all good. I'm happy myself, Elliot. I get to take notes, and I'm happy to introduce to you for the very first time as ordained, Pastor Jim Regan. Hallelujah. Isn't the spirit great? Well, keep that spirit in mind because we're going to play a game in our series, Games People Play. So um, here's the video. Enjoy it. We'll be back. My favorite game is checkers. My favorite game is Bible quiz. My favorite game is domino. Games people play. Night or day, they're just not matching what they should do. Hello everybody, my name's Dusty Rhodes and I'm glad to be back with you again this week. And we are ready to play Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune is a syndicated game and it's celebrating its 30th anniversary this year. Merv Griffin created and produced the show that TV Guide called the top rated syndicated series. The game is loosely based on the Hangman game but the show is a lot older than that. The original daytime version aired on NBC from January 6, 1975. Vanna White and Pat Sajak have been hosting the, the Wheel of Fortune continually from 1983. The game show genre of TV programming is the original reality show because of the unscripted actions and reactions of the contestants for both unexpected and entertaining. So with that, let's play Wheel of Fortune! And please welcome your co-hosts, Pat Sajak and Vanna White. My contestants can come now. Vanna, nice shoes. Hard at work over there, huh? Man, alive. Well, hi, guys. Are you ready to play? Oh, let's play. Well, Dusty, let's tell these fine people what they're playing for. All right, Pat. Well, the, the, the winner will receive a $25 gift card for solving the puzzle to Wood Ranch Grill. 
located in the beautiful Cerritos Town Center. And second place will receive a $15 Starbucks gift card. And third will receive a $5 McDonald's gift card. Second and third will be determined by the amount of money won. Okay. When the winner wins, you're going to make a lot of noise. Applause. So let's have a sample of what this applause sounds like. Cool echo. When they lose something, what it's going to sound like? When? When? Lose. Good, good. I'm all messed up here. The rules of this LPCC version of Wheel of Fortune are the valves will cost nothing. You know, normally the game costs. So the valve, but when they spin the wheel, the value on the wheel will be worth nothing. So let's meet our contestants. What's your name and what do you do? My name is Rose and I'm a teacher by profession and I'm a helper here at Church and Children's Church. Children's Church, give a shout out for Children's Church. I am Rebecca and I am a, thank you Jill. I am a greeter and a host for Life Groups. Whoa, give it up for Life Groups and Rebecca. My name's Larry. Um, I work with quality control and uh, direct TV, home services, and also help out as a greeter. Give it up for greeter and TV. Thank goodness for TV or we'd be off the air. Okay, so we determined who's going to go first, right? So Rose, you get to spin the wheel. Take a spin. Four hundred. How about T? Is in Is there a T? There is a T. Wow. You get to spin again, or do you want to solve the puzzle? again. Bankrupt. No, someone else has. Someone else has to spin the wheel. So it's Bible week here at Wheel of Fortune La Palma Center style. Go right ahead. Stand right over here. And our uh, category for this particular puzzle is famous quote. Famous quote. Would you like to spin the wheel, Rebecca? Five hundred. Um, is there an R? Is there an R? No R. Sorry. Larry, come and spin the wheel. 
100. Is there a knee? Is there a knee? There are three E's. Larry, do you want to solve the puzzle or spin the wheel? You want to spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. Go, Larry. to spin again? Famous quote, and it's a Bible, because it can't be anything else, we're in church, so it has to be biblically based. 200. Spin or solve the puzzle? Probably better spin. <laughs> spin the wheel. to solve the puzzle or would you like to spin again for more money? I better spin. I need more clues. Anybody want to give me a clue? (laughs) 
300. Um, how about... Is there a P? There are two P's. Would you like to spin and get more money? Or would you like to solve the puzzle? Solve the puzzle, Rose. Let my people go. Woo! The grand prize winner, Rose O'Brien. Let my people go. Do you know where it's found? Exodus? Exodus? Exodus is good. There's Exodus. It's found in Exodus 8-1. 8-1. So. Thank you very much. Thank you, contestants. Dusty Rose, tell us who won what. And here's your $25 gift card for Wood Ranch. And coming in second was Rebecca with 5,000 points. And Larry's third with the $5 McDonald's gift card. Thank you very much for playing Wheel of Fortune. Was that fun? That's fun. Your job's not done yet, huh, Dusty? Dusty, give it up for Dusty Rose. We got to give a shout out to uh, to Stacy Wan too, because she did the wheel, she did the puzzle part. She was just awesome. So Stacy gets the shout out. So. so our message: Are you ready for our message? We turn to Deuteronomy 30, verses 18 through 20. Are you there yet? Say Amen. If you're not there, I'm going. Deuteronomy 30, 18 through 20. I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. Boy, that's not a very good start off, is it? <laughs> I declare this day that you are going to be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I have called heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Hey, we're talking about choices and chance today. And that's why we have the Wheel of Fortune wheel. Because we never know really what we're going to get when we spin the wheel, right? You spin it and you can win, you can land up on the 2500 or you can end up on the bankrupt with really no difference. So, what's it take to qualify to spin this puzzle? This, this wheel. Nothing really. Doesn't take an education, doesn't take a master's degree. It just takes a pre-qualification by some game assistant at the TV station and says, you know what, you qualify to go up and spin our wheel. No educational requirements, 
no uh, dexterity requirements, just be able to stand and spin a wheel. And that's the way it is when you take a chance, when you live your life by chance. The object of this game is to win all the money and solve the puzzle. Because you'd be happy, right? Was our contestants happy that they won something? They were really happy to win something. And there's only one winner in the game. There's not two winners, there's not three winners. There was a first place, a second place, and a third place. We're here today and we know something about chance, church. We know that chance in itself is unreliable. Would you think that chance is reliable? We can't think that chance is reliable because it's unpredictable. You never know what's gonna go on. You never know what's gonna happen. Chance is allowing outside circumstances to determine your actions. If everything goes good and you land on the big, big money prize or you, or you land on something that you like, you're going to be happy. It's going to dictate your mood. It's going to dictate whether or not you still want to play. If you happen to land with the same amount of effort, the same amount of energy on a bankrupt or lose a turn, or something smaller than you were expecting, are you gonna be happy? Probably not. You're probably gonna let that action also determine your, your uh, behavior and your attitude. You're gonna say sometimes, that's not fair. Well, the wheel is not fair. Chance is not fair. We place ourselves in the hands of others. We let circumstances dictate our joy. We let circumstances dictate our happiness. Sometimes it's a little bit more than just a silly game of wheel of fortune, of making more money or getting more prizes. Sometimes we take this chance even to a more spiritual sense that we will take risks and take chances with our own spiritual life, never wanting to commit, never wanting to uh, land on the wheel because we don't want we don't want the circumstances that it brings up turn with me to ecclesiastes 9 verses uh, 8 or verses 10 through 12. here's a here's a real here's a real uh a popular common verse that people recite verse 10 says whatever your hands find to do do it with all your might Boy, we like that, right? We like that. But the writer of Ecclesiastes, who we think was Solomon, he was an old guy by then writing this. And he was a little morbid and even a bit pessimistic. They thought maybe he was in a deep depression, some, some scholars think, the way he was writing. Because a lot of his writings actually contradict the theme of the Bible. That part we can do. Whatever your hands find, let it do with all your might. For in the realm of the dead, where you are going, you got that? He's telling us, you have a 100% chance of dying. Boy, isn't that full of joy? We have a 100% chance of dying. There is neither working or planning or knowledge or wisdom. Verse 11, I have seen something else under the sun. He is an observer of things. The race is not to the swift or the battle to the strong, nor food 
come to the wise or wealth to the brilliant or favor to the learned, but time and chance happen to them all. Moreover, no one knows when their hour will come. The fish are caught in a cruel net and birds are taken in a snare. So people are trapped by evil times that fall unexpectedly upon them. Do you think we live in evil times? We live in evil times. And we shouldn't, as a church, be caught off guard. Because we know that we live in perilous times and we live in evil times. But you know, the Bible says that it rains on the just, the just and the unjust. Everybody is going to have a little bit of joy and everybody is going to have a little sorrow, whether you're a believer or not. That's because of sin. So to think that because we are doing all the right things and saying all the right things and being all the right things, we are not immune to trouble. Amen? We are not immune to trouble. Does God care about us? Yes. Will he see us through it? Yes. But this is not our home. These troubles will pass. Faithfulness to him will help us get there. When you live by chance, you can never be sure of all the efforts that you're doing will, will achieve your goal. What is your goal? What do you want? What do you want out of life? Are you willing to take a chance on your eternal home? Letting circumstances and others determine your life and your death? I mean, your eternal life and your eternal death. Again, you would never by chance run into your closet and pick out clothes, ladies, would you? Would you open up the drawers and say, oh, I think I'll just pick that, 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 and that, and wear them? That could be kind of scary, couldn't it? Because you're not going to leave that to chance. You're going to pick it out. So we don't want to live by chance. We want to live by choice. Amen? Amen. Who, who is the best example of our of choice? Well, Jesus and God. God picked a people, didn't he? He picked who? Who did God pick? I'll give you a hint. <laughs> he picked the Jews. He picked the Jews when they weren't even a nation yet. He picked the Jews when they were on one man, right? He picked them. You know who else he picked? Who else he chose? He chose you. He chose you. Each and every one of you he chose. He put, he he had his mark and his, his spirit in you before you were even born. He chose you. So living by choice is a good thing, right? Because when you walk over to the wheel and you, and you leave it by chance and, and you spin it, wow, I went bankrupt. But if I'm choosing 
Where am I going to go? I'm going to go right there. Right? I'm going to choose that. And they told me to spin again. I'm going to go like this. I love that sound. 2,500. I'm going to win every time, right? Joshua 24, 15. Joshua 24, 15. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Joshua's addressing the entire, all the tribes of Israel, all 12 of them. This is the close of Joshua. And so he is prodding them and, and coaxing them to make wise decisions and make wise choices. Chapter 24 is telling of the greatness of God and the protection that God has, has given the people of Israel from the, from the time that they were taken out and uh, taken out of Egypt and brought into the promised land. He's not messing around. He's cutting straight to the chase. He is not mincing words. He said, you know what? You can pick this God or that God, but my God, the Lord God, I'm serving, and so is my house. Some people never want to make a decision. They want to be, be wishy-washy about all their decisions. They want to have the wheel of their life never stop spinning because they don't want to make a decision. I told the first service, the first thing I think of is, is uh, Stacy Trotter when it comes to motors and engines and things. And, you know, I was going to have him actually hook this thing up and just have it just keep spinning because you know what if it starts to get someplace I don't like I'll spin it again because I don't want to commit and maybe I'll spin it again and you end up you end up in death because there is no guessing there is no chance you have a hundred percent chance of death and without Jesus you have a hundred percent chance of death eternally in hell that's pretty straight up isn't it but he was saying the same thing to the children of Israel we have lots of choices that we can make with our own attitudes we have that as a choice we have a choice in our own actions. We have a choice whether or not we have joy or peace. We have choice in what values we get. We have choice in whether or not we're content in where we're at. We have choice on who we love and what we love. 
We have choice. We have lots of choices. And our choices, our choices are measured in the balance of heaven. Right? Our choices are measured in the balance of heaven. If you determine your goals by making wise choices and not leaving anything to chance, you're going to be a success. You may not be a success here in what the world thinks what success looks like, but you'll be a success in God's eyes. Going back to our verse in Deuteronomy 30, it says I, in 19, Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you, and I set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. So choose wisely. Choose life. The third, we've gone through two so far, living by chance, living by choice. The third one is living changed. You can, you can lip service your way through life all you want. You can say you are what you think you are and convince even the most scholarly that that's who you are. But God knows who you are. God knows who you are. He knows your motives. He knows the depth of your spirit. He knows, he knows everything. 1 Corinthians 7.17 Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned them. Just as God has called them, this is the rule I lay down to all the churches. Paul is telling the church in Corinth that the people of God should be live and look like a believer in whatever their situation might be. Prior to this verse, Paul is going through and talking about Christian marriage and being unequally yoked and the dynamics of unbelievers and believers in marriage. We cannot be believers of the Almighty God and have faith if our faith and our behavior is reflected in our circumstances or reflected in our situation, our current situation. We have to have a change of attitude. We have to have a change of behavior. And it has to have the fruits of faithfulness, the fruits of the Spirit, including what Pastor Me. Pastor Moses always points out is the fruit of self-control. One of the most under, underlooked fruits of the Spirit. Can you imagine if we all had self-control as much as we talk about how much we love or care? Self-control. Paul must have seen the church much like Joshua saw the people of Israel. Israel as uncommitted to God and indecisive in their behavior. They, he saw them being faithful one minute and foolish the next. Paul points out that he's not just addressing that church. He's not just picking on them. He's not just saying, La Palma Christian Center, here's the standard I have for you. Now get with it. He's t Paul is telling all the churches and all the believers live and behave like believers do. 
We take great joy in what God has given us, right? We can have a lot of fun in church. You agree? And sometimes the games that we play are mind games with ourselves. It has nothing to do with a wheel. It has nothing to do with uh, a prize. But you take this mind game and you play it over and over again taking a risk on whether or not you're going to be fully committed. You know, maybe I'm committed today, but maybe I'm not so committed tomorrow. We have to learn that our attitude and our behavior is not something we do at a one-time altar call. I mean, I'm going to heaven. You going to heaven? I've made, my, I've made that choice. No matter what, I'm going. And I'm trying to take as many people with me. Are you with me? But I want people to be compelled to a gospel. I want to be different than the world. Because if I'm just like them, what's compelling about that? Why would anybody want to follow or see what I do if I don't do anything different than them? If I have distress and pain and I handle those situations the same as them, where's my God? Where's my faith? Where's my trust? I take that, I take that real personal because I don't want to be somebody who actually causes someone to stumble. The, the stumbling part is a scary part, right? And it's in our actions, and it's in our attitude, and it's what we say, and it's what we do, maybe even when no one's looking. I'm going to conclude. I don't want you guys to leave to chance your eternal destiny. Don't depend on a wheel. Don't depend on your own wit to try to get you through. It's narrow. Heaven is a choice. The wheel is black. And heaven is the one light. And you have to put yourself there. You just can't think that if you do this or do that, that it might just happen. I might make it to heaven. I mean, how many of you know of people in your life that says, you know, if I'm a good person, I might make it to heaven. I might make it to heaven. If I do enough good or I do enough charity work or if I, you know, I help a, help a homeless person or go to a food bank, I might make it to heaven. I might make it to heaven. There's a whole faith. Islam is based on they're not too sure they're going to make it until they get there. Because you got to work your way. And how can you work your way? Can we work our way to heaven? No. Not at all. We can choose Jesus. We can follow Jesus. And we have faith and trust in his grace and his mercy as we're humble before him that he will allow us to go to heaven. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, right? That is how we get there. There is no other way.
For the realm of death, for the realm of the dead where you're going, there's neither working or planning or knowledge or wisdom. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. Are we? No. Remember, it's a 100% chance we're going to die. The only way we don't die is heaven opens up, the rapture happens, and we are out of here, right? That's a Wednesday series sermon, not today, on the revelation. So don't take a chance. Jesus died on a cross for all our wrongdoing, all our sins. And we need to be get to a point that says, you know what? I'm committed to this. I'm committed to living a godly life. Now, how do you live a godly life? Pastor Steve talks about it all the time. Can you, can you do it for a minute? Can you do it for five minutes? Can you do it for 15 minutes? That's how you do it. Every decision you make, everything that you talk about, everything that you do is always weighed against what Jesus wants. What does God want for you? What does God have in store for you? Jesus died on a cross for our sins. He didn't stay there, did he? He's not hanging on that thing anymore. What happened? He rose again. Does anybody do that? Well, we get to someday, right? We get to. So don't take a chance with your eternal home. Choose and choose today and be committed today, determining whether or not you're going to heaven. You choose heaven. It doesn't choose you, right? God calls us all, but we have the free will to say yes yes let's stand let's pray lord we ask you to take this time this message to let your spirit just move in this place and give us, give us clear insight in where we are with our minds and our hearts as we focus on you. We ask you, Lord Jesus, to, to clear out the cobwebs and the games that we've been playing with you, our, our level of commitment, our level of chance and risk that we take with you. Lord, and we ask you, Lord, that we just commit to you holy, unashamedly, and humbly. We ask, Lord, that you would just let your spirit permeate the minds to make a decision even yet this morning of whether or not, well, whether or not you're really real and that you really do offer life their eyes closed. Is there anybody here? Anybody here? Says, you know, I know Pastor Steve did an altar call and we had one person come up. But is there anybody here? Says, you know what? I, I've been taking way too many chances. I've been I've been way taking too many risks. And I, I just want to firm it up, make sure that I'm on the right track. 
that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing because God wants me to do it, not because of my neighbor or because of my friends. I want to be the same person at work or at school that I am at church. I want to be committed. And I don't want anything to get in the way. Would you raise your hand and just, just real quickly, just so I can pray with you and give you a, an opportunity just to really get that solid, solid assurance that I'm okay. Thank you for that hand. Is there anybody else? I'm not going to stay here too long. Father, we have hands that have been raised, Lord, and we ask you, Lord Jesus, to, to give them assurance as they call upon your name, that you're there, that you care, and that you love. We ask you, Lord Jesus, that you would make your spirit sweet. We ask that you would make your spirit accessible. That you, can, that you can pierce, Lord, the hardness of our heart and the stubbornness of our minds. And we can be able to assuredly know that you are our God and you are our Savior and you are the great I Am. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to minister. We thank you for Jesus and his blood because none of this would be possible without it. We ask all these things in your precious holy name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a, a praise. Um, thanks for all the help for getting the puzzle, all the folks. Just, uh, I just want to say thank you for me. Just me. You know, I've been going here since 1971. I, seven, I've been 42 years in some place in this place. And I'm telling you, I've never felt so loved than I have this last week and supported. Cindy and I just love you. And we just thank you that you let us minister let it be a part of your life and that you're a part of our life. Thanks for your cards and your gifts and your kind words. Appreciate you. Love you. Want the very best for you. And this church is going to be strong. This church is going to thrive. But it's only going to be strong and thrive as strong as we are. And as strong as we're committed to one another, but also to the, to the community that we live in. So with that, thank you. Cindy says, thank you. Thanks, Vanna. <laughs> with that, we're dismissed. Thank you very much. <laughs>